Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Biden. President Biden. Old presidential poopy pants. Spoke earlier and blamed Trump for the border bill all but dying in the Senate. We don't know what's going to happen yet, but it looks like it's it's a foregone conclusion, Hammer, that that bill, the border bill, is dead. Uh, we'll have that coming up at 335, but why is the border bill dead? Um, I mean, this is a bill that Kirsten Cinema, independent from Arizona, helped negotiate with uh, Lankford, Republican out of Oklahoma, and Chris Murphy, a Democrat in Connecticut. They all kind of got together, negotiated this bill. And then you remember yesterday, we opened up the show. Oh, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer are both just grab-assing each other. And, and they're just, I mean, they're, they're high-fiving. <laughs> they're ball-tapping each other. Hey, we got this done. Let's you like do that it. bill, don't you? You like that bill, don't you? <laughs> and now... Not so much for Mitch McConnell, the uh, Senate uh, minority leader. The image of cocaine Mitch and crying Chuck ball tapping each other is not something that I'm going to forget (laughs) easily. Thank you, Nige. Uh, But McConnell all of a sudden has done a 180 on this thing. All of a sudden, one of the guys that was leading the charge of how magnificent this big hunk of poopy really was has said, you know what? You're right. Maybe it does stink. Now, I could be wrong here, but to me, this tells me the old man never read the bill to begin with. It was over 350-something pages. Well, look, they they sat on it for a while. It's not like, I mean, he he had time to read it. Nobody else did, but it's not like they didn't have time to read it. You're going to tell me that Mitch McConnell, who stands in front of cameras and freezes up on the regular, sat down and read over 350 pages, (laughs) line by line, of a bipartisan bill that features billions and billions of dollars to various different places. I wonder if it's double-spaced or single-spaced. I mean, (laughs) how big is that font if you want Mitch McConnell to read that thing? Um, So it sounds like this thing is going to die on the Senate floor. Now, the House has already made it clear, hey, this thing comes down here, dead on arrival. It's not even going to get a sniff here in the House. But it originally sounded like the Senate was going to be the saving grace of this thing, but now that's in jeopardy. So, again, we'll hear from Joe Biden coming up a little bit later on, blaming Donald Trump for something dying in the Senate. Let that yeah. sink in. I wonder just a if bit. it's even going to get past cloture. You know, like where, we need to vote on whether or not we're going to debate or not on this bill. You know, I, it just goes to prove that there has to be standalone bills, right? And this is something that I know Matt Gates was really adamant about when he was going after Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy now I get that was a personal feud. There was bad blood between those two. But one of the things that Matt Gates brought up, and I think it does make a lot of sense, 
individual bills for individual causes. You shouldn't have a bill that features security for Ukraine, funding to Israel, um, money going to the Gaza Strip, and taking care of your own country. Make these separate bills. We can walk and chew gum at the same time here. We can pass multiple bills. You don't have to throw it all into one big pot. And I'm telling you, this bill, the feedback that Cocaine Mitch got, the feedback that he got spooked him. Almost like he does when he sees a camera at a press conference and he gets in that catatonic state. He heard the feedback, and even that swamp monster said, you know what, we're just going to take the L on this one. Look, we are, it seems like it's an invasion down there at the southern border. And, And not, look, there are steps that could be taken today by Joe Biden, by that administration, that were actually in place when Biden won the election and immediately signed executive orders destroying all the good Trump did at the border. And if you want to find out who the dumbest people in the room are, it's the ones that blame the Republicans for what's happening at the border and blaming the Republicans as to why this bill isn't going through. We've broke down why this bill is a turd. We spent a lot of our day yesterday talking about this. The fact that it's being dubbed as a, quote, border bill, but... You know, 20 billions going to the United States border and 60 billions going to Ukraine. And that's not even, you know, factoring in what's going to Israel, what's going to the Gaza Strip. This is not a border bill. This is crumbs for the border. And it's a Democrat wish list. And some of the line items in that bill allowing basically 1.5 to 1.8 million people just across with no ramifications and a pathway to citizenship if Joe Biden has his way. Sure, yeah. So this whole thing stinks. So if you want to find out who the stupid people are, go on social media. (laughs) It's usually not that hard, but go on social media, find out who's blaming the Republicans for the border crisis, because I'm telling you, those are the people that are eating crayons and picking their boogers and eating it at the table tonight. <laughs> I mean, here's a, here's just, a, we can move on, but here's a quote from Senator Mike Lee. Increasingly likely pro-migration border bill doesn't make it past the first cloture vote. That means basically they have to debate whether or not to move on to the real debate. Right. To vote. Not even at the vote level yet. <laughs> right. Thinking about the vote level. This is what we're talking about. They don't have the votes. They never had the votes. There's some Democrats that won't vote for it. Right. But there are also some wishy-washy Republicans who probably still feel like this is a good idea. But the latest reports are that Mitch McConnell had this big closed-door meeting, looked at everybody with that turtle-like face and said, eh, we better say no. (laughs) Better take a rain check on this one, boys. Just take the L and walk home. That turtle-like face. Am I wrong? (laughs) Uh, We're also keeping our eye on the House of Representatives as a vote could happen in regards to the impeachment of the DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Alejandro, Alejandro! Can you tell my voice is going out? (laughs) Good God. You sounded like McConnell right there. I'm waiting for you to just freeze up on the YouTube stream that we've got going right now. Good God. Uh, The question is, do the Republicans 
have the numbers. The Republicans have a razor-thin margin in the House. We've already heard from one Republican who said he's not on board with impeaching Mayorkas because he doesn't believe high crimes or misdemeanors were committed here. So that's the one that's outspoken. If they lose one more, that's ballgame. Because it's a razor-thin margin for the Republicans. It sounds like they're not going to have the votes. Now, the case being made to impeach Mayorkas is that he testified before Congress and said the border is secure, but the numbers clearly show it's not secure. So did he lie to Congress? It is my testimony that the border is secure and we are working every day, day and night to increase its security. The challenges that we are experiencing at the border cannot be overstated. Now, look at the numbers down at the southern border when Trump was president. Compare them to the numbers when Joe Biden was president, especially in the past couple of years. The border is not secure, my friend. And that soundbite was from April of last year. This wasn't three years ago. That wasn't four years ago. That was April of last year. And the border was bad then. It's even worse now. Uh, Real quick, before we get a look at the roads with Matt here, Jim Irsay has tweeted, Nige. The first time since early January... I mean, do we have to go through the timeline here real quick? I mean, the beginning of December, we found out there was a 911 call made to his house. There was an OD, a drug overdose. Um, there were no criminal charges filed. We but saw, this was a serious one, though. Like it, They had to break bad. the Narcan out. They broke the Narcan out. Um, he was seen the next week at the Steelers uh, game. At the Steelers game, after this overdose that we found out about. And then it came out a couple of weeks later that he's been, uh, was he hospitalized? It was a serious respiratory infection is what they said. I'm not sure if he was hospitalized or not. Um, But this tweet that just came out, let's see here, from Jim Ursay, Colts owner at 201. On the mend, grateful, grateful for all the messages of love and support with a heart emoji. There were a lot of rumors going around that the boss man there was in a bad way. Not talking about the OD, but the latest situation where the family was saying it was some sort of respiratory illness. You know, rumors were running rampant and we hadn't heard from anybody, which if you're a private citizen, okay, that's normal. But this is arguably the most well-known man in the state of Indiana. Jim Ursay, and much like Willy Wonka just popping up at that oh. chocolate factory, Jim Ursay puts out a tweet. And that's kind of how he is. Jim Ursay is Indiana's Willy Wonka. One minute you think he's about to die, the next minute he's over there at 56th Street in front of the Colts complex doing a barrel roll, jumping up, announcing he's re signed Michael Pittman. Like that's that's Jim Ursay summed up, right? Yeah, and let's hope. I mean, we don't know what happened with that. That OD. I mean, he's mixed drugs that do, shouldn't go together before, right. accidentally. Uh, prescription drugs. So you get the wrong mixture there. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm as good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. That came out in 2005, I believe. Toby Keith. Here on the Hammer and Nigel show, Toby Keith, uh, country music icon, passing away at the age of 62. When I realize, when I look at that number 62, I go, man, 
I'm I'm almost 48. That's like what 14 years away. That's young. That is way too young. And you know? stomach cancer was the thing that ultimately oh. brought him down. And what's frustrating from you know fans and family standpoint. It was such a roller coaster because there were times where it looked like he was doing better. He did a show in Vegas at the end of December at the Park MGM. Like that was like his first big show since he announced he had been battling stomach cancer and packed the joint, sounded great. And a lot of people thought he was on the mend. Um, but, But how did he look? He looked like he had lost weight. Obviously, that's what happens when people are fighting cancer and they're doing chemo. He wasn't the big, same, strong, big, broad dude. You know, he was a hoss. Um, He didn't look the same, but he put on a great show. And Allison was just telling us on his Twitter feed, he posted a video on February 1st. Now, he looks really frail in that video. But he's telling stories. He's talking about songwriting. Um, and then we wake up today to find out that his family posted on his official uh, Twitter feed, quote, Toby Keith passed peacefully last night on February 5th, surrounded by his family. He fought his fight with grace and courage. Please respect the privacy of the family at this time. And that's the thing about cancer, man. And everybody can relate. Sure. Because I think everybody listening right now has lost somebody, family member or friend, due to cancer. It's the ups and downs. Just when you think, you know, you've got good news, here comes more bad news. Just when you think you've got this thing beat, you know, you're in remission, here comes another round. And it sounds like that ultimately is what happened to Toby Keith. Um, I kind of went down a rabbit hole earlier, you know, on YouTube, just looking at all the hit songs of Toby Keith. And he's one of those artists where you don't realize how many hits he has until you kind of go down that rabbit hole. I put together a little montage here. Now, I know I've left some songs off this list. There are too many to put in a montage, but here's a little bit of the best of Toby Keith. Red Solo Cup. Fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. I couldn't make you love me, but I always dreamed about living in your radio. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? I ain't as good as I once was. This is a great video, by the way. Hilarious. Soldier, yeah. All right, I'm sorry. That was. Oh, I'm 
so glad you included this one. This is the jam. Should have been a cowboy. This was his first big hit. 93. I'm so glad you included that one. That brings me back to the days of when I was the Ranger on 104.5, the Bear <laughs> New Hit Country in the mid-90s. And I'm pretty sure, and I, I don't have the paperwork to back it up, but when you left the Bear, I took your spot. And Is that right? that's, I think, when they were transitioning to 93.9, The Bear, like in the dying days of The Bear. Yeah. And this is when Toby Keats' How Do You Like Me Now was popular. And I played that damn song oh, every five every minutes. Every hour, yeah. And when you hear the I Love This Bar song, it reminds me <laughs> of the official Bill Barr music that we have on this program. there. Trump's old attorney general. Um, Hilarious. To wrap this all up, about a year ago, he did something really cool. So, Toby Keith was a big Oklahoma Sooners fan. From Oklahoma, lives in Oklahoma. He had a little bet going with some of his friends that were Oklahoma State fans. Whoever, you know, won that game, if Oklahoma State won, he would show up at like a campus bar and lead everybody in a round of should have been a cowboy. But if Oklahoma won that game, all of those folks had to show up wearing red to his concert in Stillwater. And again, he was still on the mend at this point, but Oklahoma State won. So a man of his word. Toby Keith shows up to the big campus bar at Oklahoma State in no Stillwater, way. buys everybody a round of shots, and leads them in a round of should have been a cowboy. Should have been a cowboy. Should have learned to rope and ride. I mean, how cool of an experience if you're, yeah, that'd be awesome. you know, a college kid at Oklahoma State, Toby Keith walks in, buys a round and leads everybody and should have been a cowboy. Toby Keith passing away at 62. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. I got you. Oh, we are having a good time. Yes, we are. My name is Jason Hammer. That's Big Nige. Hey Allison is here. Matt Bears in the traffic center. Harrison Silcox is our news anchor. Seems like the gang's all here. We're only missing one person. Who's that? Wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Happy birthday, Kajan, Kajan, Katanji drowned Jackson. <laughs> so Joe Biden spoke to the masses today, shuffled up to the podium, squinted, leaned into that teleprompter, and mumbled his way through a little bit of a speech about this, quote, border bill, Nige. And the first words out of his mouth, basically, were that the immigration system is broken. For much too long, as you all know, the immigration system has been broken. And it's long past time to fix it. 
Yeah, well, you broke it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we know. That's like we a kid taking idea. a toy, slamming it down, looking at his mom and dad. It's broken. <laughs> well, yeah, you did it. I mean, what did he do when he first took office? Executive dozens of executive orders that decimated Trump's border policies. That were 94, successful. to be precise. Oh, 94. 94 executive actions in his first 100 days as the president of the United States. I like how they're calling this a border bill. Are they, uh, like, for Ukraine or for the southern border? <laughs> right. Which one? Sounds like it's a Ukraine border bill more than it is the American border bill. Uh, and then Joe Biden addressed the elephant in the room. Oh. What are we going to do with all of these people who have just bum-rushed their way into the country illegally? Like, what's going to happen to these folks? We still need a path for, of documentation for those who are already here. Okay. Mm. Now, is that saying the quiet part out loud, or is that not even the quiet part anymore? Now, I think we all pretty much know the idea was to get as many illegals in this country as possible and give them amnesty, give them health care, give them free schooling, give them uh, free money, and so they would vote Democrat. Pump out a bunch of kids. That's the next generation of people voting Democrat, right? Mm -hmm. The folks that allowed you to just casually stroll across the border illegally, those are the people that Joe Biden's administration cares about. Letting you claim asylum even when there's no leg to stand on in terms of your reasoning for asylum. But it sounds like this bill, whether you want to call it the border bill or whatever, is not going to make its way out of the Senate, even, because Cocaine Mitch has done a 180 on this whole thing. But listen here. This is my favorite part of anything Joe Biden said today. He blames Donald Trump what? for this bill not making it out of the Senate. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump. <laughs> Because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't even know it helps the, the, the country. He's not for it. He'd rather weaponize this issue than actually solve it. God, it's always Trump with these people. Trump's not in office. He's not a senator. <laughs> this is a Senate bill that might not make it out of cloture, and it's Donald Trump's fault? Donald Trump is not a senator, and on top of that... The cherry on top of the Sunday, if you will. The Republicans don't have the majority. The Republicans are the minority in the Senate. So how in blue hell is this Donald Trump's fault that this turd of a bill is going to die well before a vote on it? Just shows where Joe Biden's at, right? Dude's lost his fastball a long time ago, and when he needs a scapegoat, it's Donald Trump's well, that's, fault. That's Democrats in general, right? I mean, every, any problem you look at, Donald Trump, big evil orange man, that's their go-to. Donald Trump is not a senator. The no. Republicans do not have control of the Senate. This is not Donald Trump's fault. This is 94 executive actions in the first 100 days. That's your fault, Joe. Take ownership of it. Uh, Joe Biden yesterday told a crowd that he met with Francois Mitterrand. That is the former French president. But there's a problem with that, Nigel. He died in 1996. <laughs> you know, I, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And I 
was in it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what? Why? How, how long are you back for? Was he? Did he mean to say Macron? Or I'm done twisting myself into a pretzel trying to interpret what this president is thinking or saying. Uh, I mean, maybe he meant Macron, but the fact of the matter is, he said the guy that died in '96 (laughs) was questioning him after he became the president at a meeting. And I don't think we get to give Joe Biden the benefit of the doubt because the crazy old bastard has a history (laughs) of calling on people that are no longer alive, like he did when Jackie Walorski passed away. And I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Jackie had died in a car crash <sighs> weeks before that. So cringy, man. And Joe Biden named a building after Jackie Wolorski. He put her name on a building in honor. And yet, just a couple days later, he's wondering why she wasn't at the meeting. No wonder he doesn't want to do an interview during the Super Bowl, before the Super Bowl. His, obviously, his staff won't let him go anywhere near something like that. And how is this guy going to debate? Like, how many drugs are they going to have to pump this dude full of to make sure he doesn't go up on the debate stage, look at the crowd, and say, you ain't black? <laughs> <laughs> There's not going to be a debate. Are you kidding me? Donald Trump There's yesterday no went on Dan Bongino's uh, program, National uh Pundit Dan Bongino. He used to be a Secret Service agent, didn't he? Yes, he did. And Donald Trump saying, hey, let's debate right now. Let's not wait. Let's get it on right now. He can't talk. He can't do anything. He's ruining our country. And I don't think he's going to run. And I don't know if it's donors or otherwise. It might be his family. It might be something. I don't think he's going to run. But I'd like to call for immediately debates. I'd like to debate them now because we should debate. We should debate for the good of the country. So I will officially on your show call. I will. Oh, wow. Also, Look at that. I also said, We're breaking news, Mr. President. I also put out, you probably Vision. noticed, that I'll take his spot at the Super Bowl if they want. Yeah. Well, anybody would. Yeah. All of those eyeballs watching the Super Bowl pregame show, which every year is the most watched television event of the year. This year, they're expected to set an all-time record with the Taylor Swift factor playing in. And Joe Biden wants no part of a friendly interview on CBS. Oh, it would be a softball interview with little... Ellie or whoever. Nora O'Donnell yeah. or Pelly, one of those butt sniffers. They'll do everything they can to prop him up. But he's so decrepit, he can't give three or five minutes for a pregame interview. That's how bad he is right now. There is no way they're going to let that dude be the nominee. His numbers are underwater. He falls all the time. He mumbles constantly. They cannot let that dude be the nominee. So who is it then? Well, your your tinfoil hat theory is gaining traction with a lot of national talking heads. I told you a long time ago. You did. That it was going to be Michelle Obama. 
After, and after they moved the convention, right? When they took the convention from Georgia in Atlanta. The Democrat convention. And they moved it to Chicago. Because the savior, Michelle Obama, is going to walk out. Everybody's going to stand and clap. And that's how they're going to win the election. She can win the election. Pretty much any other Democrat other than Joe Biden can win the election. And the Democrats know this. Their useful idiot is done now. He beat Trump in 2020. He's done. His days are finished. They're not going to let this dude go on a debate stage, campaign, just ride him off into the sunset. And this is a problem if you're the Republicans. Because, let's be honest, Donald Trump, I think, can beat Joe Biden. I'm not sure if he can beat anybody else. That's going to be the problem. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And now, time to play Barry. Hey, OJ, any stabbings at the family reunion? Harry, Harry, here's Harry on a Hammer and Nigel show. You'd never succeed in this business until you've had the experience of working with a terrible hangover. All right, Jeff was caller number nine. Jeff, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Hey, Jeff. Good, man. So the game works like this. We're going to read you a fact or a little statement. It will either be something about Barry Manilow, Cubs iconic broadcaster Harry Carey, or Radio Hall of Famer Terry Stacy from WIBC. You get two out of three correct, and we're going to send you to go see Barry Manilow, okay? Yep. Ready to go. All right. Here we go. Barry, Harry, or Terry? <laughs> kind of looks like Joe Montana. <laughs> Barry, Harry, or Terry? Gotta be Carey. No, no, not Terry. Not Harry. It's Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow does look like Joe oh, Montana. Oh, you, you haven't seen him lately. Mm, I think compared to the other ones, Terry Stacy okay. and Harry Carey, it's the most likely choice here. Come on. we got to use context clues here, Jeff. Come on. Wrong, Terry. Sorry. All right. You got to sweep this to get the tickets. All right. Barry, Harry, or Terry once spent an entire inning complaining about how not getting a prize in a Cracker Jack box is totally unacceptable. <laughs> Barry, Harry, or Terry? That's Harry. That's there Harry. Is. All right. Pressure's on. Get this one. We're going to give you the tickets. Appears on the Home and Garden Show on 93 WIBC. <laughs> Barry, Harry, uh, or Terry? That's Terry Stacy. Yeah! Looks like we made it! Woo! Had to work for that one, but we got there. Pacer Sports and Entertainment and Outback presents Barry Manilow, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, July 26th. And Jeff, I am a Barry Manilow fan. If you don't got anybody that wants to go to the show with you, you call me. I'm like Viper and Top Top Gun. I'll fly with you. You're going to go to Barry Manilow with listener Jeff? Jeff and I are going to go hang out and have a dude's night at Barry Manilow. Sorry, my wife's got dibs. Got it. Uh, Understood. Well, then you have to make her drive then, okay? You did all the work, so she's got to be sober driver okay all right thanks guys you got it hammer and nigel you believe these characters are weirdos so let's rock my name is nigel that's jason hammer over there we'll go to the wibc hotline and bring on dr kevin roberts president of the heritage foundation dr roberts how are you 
I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Thank you for coming on with us. Before we get started, there's so many different avenues we could go down. I definitely want to talk about this quote-unquote border bill, but maybe just fill our audience in for the few people that may not be uh, familiar with what the Heritage Foundation is all about. Well, the Heritage Foundation, as I like to say, is the people's outpost behind enemy lines in Washington, D.C. We're, I think, the only organization headquartered in Washington, D.C., who actually cares about the common sense interests of the everyday American. And we do that with policy and advocacy for that policy. So it's a great privilege for us to do what we're doing here in Washington. Okay, let's start with this. I don't, they're calling it a border bill. I don't know if that's maybe it's a Ukraine border bill. Um, <laughs> what what major red flags are you seeing with this, doctor? Well, a few. The first is, as you indicate, it, it's a massive Ukraine spending bill that masquerades as a border security bill, and it doesn't doesn't do that at all. And to that point, point number two, for someone who might be duped into thinking, well, we have to do something on on the border, the answer to that's yes, but it's not this bill. I mean, basically, in short, what the bill would do if passed is codify and put into law the existing situation. And the existing situation is wholly created by the president of the United States and his administration. Therefore, they need to fix it. President Biden could reverse course on the border lawlessness in an afternoon, and we would see the effects of that in, in weeks, if not days. But the third thing, and I think this really speaks to the, the, the problem here in Washington, is that even members of the Republican Senate conference believe that they can dupe the American people into believing that this bill actually does something that it doesn't. And so I'm, I'm really gratified to sum up here on a hopeful note that in the last 36 hours, this bill has gone from being very much alive to being very much dead. Obviously, we have to continue to work against it, but this is not the answer to securing our southern border. Dr. Jason Hammer here. So let's talk about those 36 hours because, you know, early Monday morning, I saw Mitch McConnell being a cheerleader for this thing, and now he's done a complete 180. The bill hasn't changed. The bill was a dud uh, when it got rolled out late Sunday night. It's a dud now. So what happened between then and now to make some of these guys flip? What happened, Jason, is just totally glorious. So Mitch McConnell has the condescension toward the the everyday American, you and me and your audience, that he was going to be able to just bully his fellow Republican senators into voting for this. And between that that press conference or comment in the morning that you reference and the evening when the Senate Republicans got together to, to visit about this, it was just bedlam in that conference meeting. And what happened in the interim? all day yesterday was that millions of Americans, either themselves individually, through radio shows like yours, through organizations like Heritage, voiced their displeasure about this. And because this is such an existential threat to the American way of life, even Mitch McConnell realized that he had to admit defeat by the end of the day yesterday. Is it too far-fetched to think that Maybe he didn't even read this thing. I mean, it's 350 plus pages. And we're talking about Mitch McConnell here, not the sharpest uh, knife in the drawer anymore. Uh, The mascot of the swamp, so to speak. Is it too far fetched to think maybe he didn't even read this thing? And then he just heard all the backlash and thought, man, maybe we need to uh, change course here. 
Well, he, there's no doubt in my mind that he didn't read it, but I, he was very well aware of what was in it. Because keep in mind, if you kind of read between the lines of this whole uh, episode, what is driving this bill is Mitch McConnell's infatuation with sending $60 billion to Ukraine. He, he cares far more about that than he does what's going on at the southern border. And so he probably knew with great specificity what was in that part of the bill. But I think the real answer for why he was so surprised is that he lives in a bubble. And he, he, he believed that, once again, he and Chuck Schumer, who was touting his close friendship with McConnell over the weekend, that should have been the first red flag, have very rarely in, in recent memory been stopped in their tracks. And this is a victory not just over this bill for now, but it's also a sign of what common sense Americans can do in the future, which is to really galvanize either their support for a good idea or their opposition to a bad idea. And now they know they really can affect the outcome in Washington. Dr. Kevin Roberts, president of the Heritage Foundation here on the Hammer and Nigel show. I don't know if you heard President Biden's uh, 10 minute little speech today about this this quote unquote border bill, but he actually blamed Donald Trump. For like like Donald Trump is not in any sort of in any way shape or form uh, in a position of power within within the uh, within the government and yet he blamed Donald Trump for the failure of this bill. Um, since when has Biden like become this border hawk? Like like he's he's talking about shutting down the border. I would if I could. Shrugs his shoulders, but that's not really the way it is, is it? Yeah, I think it's a real case of projection because you, you yeah. hear in Biden's comments and you know Schumer was saying this yesterday and this morning that this thing failed because the Republicans just want to play politics. Actually, this whole thing was created because the Democrats and a few Senate Republicans wanted to play politics. They wanted to play their politics with Ukraine to get funding there, and they wanted to play politics rather than policy with the border security. And so, in fact, it's, it's Biden and his party primarily who've been playing the politics. But to your point, it's also Biden who created this mess. Think about what the border situation was the month prior to Biden taking office in December of 2020 and what it became just three or four short months thereafter. He is he and Mayorkas are responsible for this mess. And, and obviously, I think what we're hearing in his comments today is deep worry that if this mess isn't fixed, it might come around and hurt him politically in November. It seems to me and. Tell me if you disagree that there's kind of been an awakening in this country when it comes to this war in Ukraine. We had Chuck Schumer come out the other day and say, well, if we don't pass this through, if we don't fund this continuing war in Ukraine, basically could be your sons and daughters fighting over there in a couple of years. You know, I'm paraphrasing there, but I don't think people are buying that anymore. I think the argument that all of a sudden Russia, who has struggled in this little conflict, but is still in control, is then all of a sudden going to go through Poland and going to go through France and take on all these other countries in the world. I think that's laughable, doctor. What do you think? I think it's totally laughable, too. And and I think what's happened over the last two years is that people realize that you can express great uh, distrust 
in analysis like what Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden have given us on Ukraine and still want the Ukrainians to win. You can secondly say, I'm not going to support, and this is Heritage's position, we're not going to support military aid to Ukraine unless it's transparent, it's limited, there's a strategic end game, and it's offset in terms of cost because um, American interests are more important than Ukrainian interests. You can say that and still want the Ukrainians to win. We have taken at Heritage so many slings and arrows for holding strong on that position. We don't exist to say that we're right, guys. That's not why I'm saying this. What I'm saying is that we represented the will of the American people. And ultimately, even these knucklehead policymakers in the Capitol in Washington are beginning to realize, guess what? Once again, the American people were right. Maybe we need to start listening to them. Dr. Kevin Roberts, president of the Heritage Foundation. Uh, If we want to get some more information on the Heritage Foundation or specifically your points of view, where can we go? Well, you're kind to ask on Heritage Research, go to heritage.org. And if for some reason you find yourself on X, you can come to Kevin Roberts TX and uh, see my perspective on what's going on in Washington. And I will not confirm nor deny I received a text from Tony Kennett that said, give Tony (laughs) Kennett a raise. I cannot confirm nor deny that. I'm just relaying that message, doctor. (laughs) Well, if I were going to give a raise, I think Tony would be at the top of the list. Y'all keep good company. Wow. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time we appreciate you thanks guys take care Emma and nigel presents is it depends upon what the meaning of the word is yeah. is this anything all right let's rock and roll oh yeah hammer how do we play is this anything i am going to run some stories by you you will break down all the information and give us a verdict is the story anything or not already Is this anything? A Denver man ended up injuring his back when some teenagers allegedly pushed over the porto potty he was using at the time. Here is Stefano talking about the painful poo-poo prank. (laughs) I saw the portable potty and I wanted to use it. I felt the thing uh, start to move and I was so freaking scared, you know? I started shouting, hey, hey! It just (laughs) kept on moving and it fell to the side. I uh, fell on my back and he said, yeah, I think it was a couple of teenagers. It may sound funny when you're a kid. It's not if you're the guy inside. It's not funny at all. No. It's it's something that could have ended in a very unfunny way. This is bad journalism, bad reporting, though, because I dug deep into the story. I can't find out whether or not he got fecal matter all over him. I, can't I mean, the answer whether... would have to be yes, right? Right. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's no real filter on that thing. You tip you know, it over, it's coming out. It's a, it's, it's just a, basically a giant bucket with poop and pee and toilet paper. They did that in Jackass, didn't they? Oh, did they put Britney Spears in one of those? That was one that never made it to air, but Britney Spears like a did slingshot. One. You're yeah. talking about the slingshot of the porta potty. In the movie, they just went with the one that was Stevo, who was strapped oh, in so there. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> have you ever had the unfortunate situation? Uh, have you been through the nightmare of having to uh, go number two in a very dirty, hot, sweaty porta potty? Yes. <laughs> is, it, is it an absolute... You go to enough I'm, travel baseball tournaments. Oh, my You're gosh. outside in the heat. Oh. And I was coaching, so I was extra sweaty, you know, yelling, running around. Oh. And sometimes you're there all day. 
And man, there was one day I had butt mud real bad. Man, I I, I remember uh, this uh, pumpkin patch in Thorntown a couple of years ago. Oh no! And we had just got done eating, and my family had like fettuccine to carry out from Olive Garden, and then we drove <laughs> to Thorntown to go to the pumpkin patches in the fall. Uh huh. And all of a sudden, something just hit me like, oh no, oh, uh oh. And then I you were Carl Lewis. Uh oh. There was a line a mile long for this one porta potty, and I go. I'm going to have to go into the woods. I'm going to have to go into the the corn maze. <laughs> so finally I get up there and I I just I I do my thing and you were like Jeff Daniels were, and Dumb and Dumber it, it in there, was, right? And then but there were people behind me waiting. So I open it up and it's one of the hottest chicks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> After I get done and I just I, what an embarrassment, what a humiliation. Did you apologize and look at no, her? No, I just I, I I did not look at her. <laughs> I, I turned my head away. It was completely embarrassing. Allison, is this a dude thing, or do uh, chicks have to make a beeline to the porto potty too? Well, unfortunately, we have to sit down for everything, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and it's horrible. Regardless. Oh, it's awful. Have you ever had it's a horrible. hot, you know, summer day porto potty run, Allison? Uh, I haven't. Honestly, I would just go with Nigel's version and go in the woods because I rather do that. <laughs> honestly, truly. Uh, yeah, uh, there's some. Porta potties I've been in, like some of the ones at Ruoff that are spotless, very clean. Yes. But um, then there are others. Then, <laughs> then there are others. Is this anything? It was Bacon Mania last night in Virginia. The women's basketball team was playing Miami, and they have a promotion where if the visitors miss both of their free throws, it's free bacon for the crowd. Let's go to the basketball game and listen closely as we're getting close to free bacon. So the kids are on the edges of their seats because everybody gets bacon if in the second half the opponent here misses two consecutive free throws. And it's bacon time. Ah, the world's a better place. Bacon for everybody. Is that anything? That's something. That's awesome. Nothing brings a community together like free bacon. That's the Pacers great... have a promotion like that at home games. If the opposing team misses two straight free throws, everybody in attendance gets free curly fries from Arby's. No kidding. So if you're going to the Pacers game tonight, I think oh. they're playing Houston. If the Rockets miss two straight free throws, then it's Arby's for everybody. <laughs> and then meanwhile, I think the same thing happened at North Carolina State, except it was free chicken. Oh, baby. North Carolina State fans cheering on the it was a women's basketball team last night against Louisville with the incentive of free chicken if one of the Cardinals missed two free throws. Winner, winner, chicken dinner for the crowd. And they're chanting chicken in here because if she misses the next one, they get chicken. Let's do that chicken. I love it. And what's great about those types of promotions, again, Pacers do that, like, even if it's a blowout game, you know, if somebody misses that front end of a free throw, then everybody's up. Like, the pacemates come out with pictures of Arby's curly fries, and everybody's up in the crowd. (laughs) Doesn't matter if you're down by 30 or up by 30. Yes. You're rooting for the free fries or the chicken or the bacon at that point. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. Okay, so a federal appeals court, Washington, D.C., Donald Trump, you know, went to the appeals court and said, look, I got immunity from prosecution in this election case, and, you know, the alleged attempt to reverse the 2020 election. So uh, I got immunity, so everything, you know, doesn't count at this point. And the federal appeals court came back and said, well, no, you don't have immunity from prosecution in the election case. So it's going to go on. This is the Jack Smith situation. Deranged prosecutor! (laughs) Jack Smith. (laughs) Um, But it's still going to drag out because he's going to the Supreme Court with this now. Right. But this is the second time in a couple of months that judges have kind of spurned Trump's immunity argument. So that isn't really playing out for him right now. But again, this is on the appeals court circuit. Let's see what it looks like when you take it up a notch to the Supreme Court, which in no way is a guarantee that they're going to side with Donald Trump because Roberts, that dude, you never which way, never know which way he's going to go. And I mean, these are the same people that said that, hey, Texas doesn't have the right to defend themselves at the southern border. So for all those people who say, well, he just wants to go to the Supreme Court because it's a packed Republican court. Well, pump the brakes just a little bit because they haven't been passing out Republican wins all that often here. Now, do you think that this at all will hinder his campaign this year? I actually think maybe it helps because all this stuff is going to get delayed. What's happening in Georgia right now with the prosecutor, Fannie Willis? Big fat Fannie. District attorney appointing her boyfriend, basically, and using taxpayer funds to give him um, benefits to go after Trump down there uh, in Georgia. Which then he took that money and also spent it on Fannie. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, we could conceivably have... Um, a scenario which Trump is not on trial in a criminal proceeding until after the election. And the dude flies all the time. It's not like, you know, he's going to miss out on sleep here. If you go back to the campaign of 2015 and 16, the dude would do multiple rallies in a day. He's capable of handling legal stuff and campaigning at the same time. And honestly, he probably likes the fact that it's still going on because it almost builds him up like a martyr almost. Yep. Look at this ridiculous crap. They're doing this to me. They'll do it to me. They'll do it to you. Like that speech is going to get made at every Donald Trump rally. Um, doing some legal stuff here. I want to find out where you're at with this one, Nigel. Okay. Had a little restroom talk earlier, and we'll continue that here. The men's room at a park in California was full. So a guy used the women's room instead. Oh, I've done that. It was empty at the time. Yep. But another man found out that he was in there, assumed that he was a pervert, and shot the guy in the knee. (laughs) And now he's facing charges for attempted murder. Oh, wow. So we got a lot of moving parts going on here. Well, maybe we should do... um we we should defer to our female producer, Allison. Is it ever okay in a public setting for a man to use a woman's restroom if the 
men's it's like it's if, if it's just a men's room with one toilet and it's locked and you gotta go real bad can you go in the women's i think it, i think it's okay i mean we've all been there in emergencies i mean i i've, I've used it. i've used the uh men's at the uh, oh, gas station before. i have too I've, I've, I've used the women's at the gas station but the thing is allison used a urinal which was really just <laughs> it was uncalled for it was an emergency very unprofessional <laughs> But it's not weird at all. Like, if you see a dude, and he's clearly now, has to use the restroom. It's not like he's in there with his iPhone, you know, right. looking if, around, if the phone creeping comes around. That's a different conversation. But. Like, what if, you know, he's holding the backside, he's doing the little <laughs> waddle, and he goes into the stall? Yeah. Is that okay? I think I would say that man needs a toilet ASAP, and I just walk <laughs> out, you know? Now, on the other side of this, <laughs> can you make a case for this other guy saying, I thought he was a pervert? I didn't kill him. I shot him in the knee. Yeah, I read a little bit of this article and they said they've been having a problem with some sketchy guys going into bathrooms lately in this park i think an attempted murder uh, charge yeah. is a little much here like attempted murder if you shoot him in the chest and the face <laughs> and the head you shot him in the knee and then you called the authorities and they're gonna get this dude with attempted murder now uh i walked out of the speedway gas station female bathroom and there was somebody waiting in line Perv. <laughs> Lucky so, you still got so, your knee there, so, Skippy. So when, so when I, you know, I, the the men's bathroom was locked. I saw the women's bathroom was empty. I go, oh, I gotta go here. And I just, I was just number one, just you know, real quick in and out. And then when I got back, this late, this this middle aged woman's just looking at me with her arms crossed. <laughs> and I feigned ignorance. I go, oh, oh, I, like I turned around and looked at the women's bathroom sign. I'm saying, oh, I, I walked in the wrong one. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. And narrator, just, but he knew what he was doing. <laughs> Absolutely, I did. And she had her arms crossed, and Large Marge was ticked <laughs> off at you, boy. Oh, man, I'll never forget that. So embarrassing. The amount of stories we've gotten today from Nigel upsetting people in line at the can has been fantastic. <laughs> like, that needs to have its own yeah. bit on this show. And now, Hammer and Nigel present Nigel upsetting women in line at the can. <laughs> from the pumpkin patch to the yeah. Speedway gas station <laughs> so they have it a couple of times i've had several instances in the can where i've felt like very weird incidents where i knew the person in the stall next to me was doing something to his body oh yeah we've uh, talked about that before yeah I, that's happened to me, that happened to me on the campus of iupui oh. and also in circle center mall i mean i could just tell what was going on in the stall next to me and i was terrified like, Devil's advocate, though, at least they went into a stall. Because now when we walk out to Monument Circle... <laughs> they just do it right out in front of everybody. There's no stall. <laughs> there's a window that we have uh, uh, the lovely ability to see uh, said acts being oh, performed. Yeah. But there sure as hell ain't no stall <laughs> out here on Monument Circle. Uh, we have an update to a story that we had uh, earlier in the week. I think it was on Friday, actually, we talked about this. Carl Weathers, the actor, had passed away. Yes. Probably best known for his role as Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies, but successful actor. He'd been in a lot of stuff. Um, he had just partnered with FanDuel, the betting outlet, for a new commercial series with Rob Gronkowski leading up to the kick of destiny that's happening at the Super Bowl. Rob Gronkowski, of course, Super Bowl champion, Patriots, Tampa Bay Bucks, Tom Brady's like cohort. If you right. Will. 
Gronk. Tied in. So Gronk is doing this promotion where if he kicks a field goal at the Super Bowl and he makes it, some people win. If he misses it, other people win. The commercial features Carl Weathers pulling up on like a, a motorcycle, telling him to get in, oh, like, and they're going yeah, on their way to the Super they Bowl. They can't run that, right? They have decided to pull that yeah. commercial. And now, if you'll notice, they've got like John Cena doing a commercial with Gronk talking about the kick of destiny. So it's kind of a bummer. You know, like if that were your family, I'd still want to see my you loved think? one. I would. Like if that were my dad or my, you know, whoever it was, you know, he filmed the commercial. He was an actor. You got I think paid? It, yeah. Go ahead and run it. I'd have no problem with it. Now, I'm not saying that the Weathers family did have a problem. It was FanDuel that made the decision, hey, we're going to just get John Cena in here. We'll do another commercial with Gronk. But uh, we were wondering if that commercial was going to make it on the air or stay on the air, rather, and they have decided to pull it. Now, somebody else has decided to share their sympathies in regards to the passing of Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah. On a Twitter video, O.J. Simpson. Hey, X-World, it's me, yours truly. Just want to take a moment to uh, send my condolences to the family of uh, Carl Weathers. Uh, you would know him as Apollo Creed from the from the Rocky movies. Uh, to the family, to his family, his children, his parents, uh, my condolences. He was a terrific guy. Very, very nice guy, and a very talented actor, I might add. God bless. Take care. So the juice getting a little emotional there about the passing of Carl Weathers. It's very heartwarming. There were some interesting responses to that video. Yeah. And here to read some of these real responses (laughs) from the uh, video that O.J. Simpson put out in regards to the passing of Carl (laughs) Weathers from the WIBC newsroom, our very own Sasha Nixon. At Tenacious G44, yo, what's up, Juice? Can you prove you weren't anywhere near Carl Weathers the day he died? At Johnny Walker AZ, now do Ron and Nicole. At Cycle of Sins, hey, OJ, if Apollo's gloves don't fit, you must quit, am I right? At Tim Wells Live, appreciate your words of wisdom, Mr. Juice. Always slice in a piece of knowledge from the neck of life. At Country Stank, great insight, Juice. (laughs) Heartfelt and emotional. It's a shame so many people hassle you because you cut the head off of your ex-wife. At The Flesh Gordon, Carl Weathers was a part of my childhood growing up. So sad to see him go. Then again, it was also pretty sad when you murdered Ron and Nicole. I think The Country Stank and Flesh Gordon... Need to have uh, regular appearances oh, on this wow. program. And Sasha reading those, I mean, because she's such a the consummate pro. She's right? brilliant. I mean, she's she's the true professional. The fact that she's reading those is just hilarious. When I Sasha woke up today, I don't think she anticipated yeah. saying the phrase the flesh Gordon <laughs> or country steak. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have got tickets to give away. Luke Bryan. Luke He's Bryan. coming September 7th. Ruoff, caller number nine. Now, we have got a special treat for you today. It's U.S. history trivia from Luke Bryan. We had our old pal Kyle Wells come in and do his awesome Luke Bryan impression. 
And if you can get three out of five trivia questions about U.S. history correct, we're going to give you the tickets. But you got to be caller number nine to play the game. 239-9393, U.S. history with Luke Bryan. Coming up next. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Luke Bryan, September 7th, Ruoff up in Noblesville. Always a party when Luke comes to town. We've got tickets for you if you know a little U.S. history. John was caller number nine. John, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. How are you? I'm good. Hopefully I'll do better than I did in a history class in school today. (laughs) Well, we're going to give you multiple chances to win here, okay? If you can get three out of five correct, we're going to give you the tickets. Okay, That's better than the Vegas odds. Right. Just hit 60%. Have a D average here, uh, John, and we'll set you up, okay? Right up my alley. Now, Luke Bryan himself is going to be asking you these trivia questions. And when I say Luke Bryan himself, I mean our old producer, Kyle Wells, who came up here earlier today. So without further delay, U.S. history with Luke Bryan. Question number one. I'm Luke Bryan. This man was the second president of the USA. His son later became the president, too. I'm Luke Bryan. (laughs) Who are we talking about, John? Uh, Harrison? No, no. We're talking about John Adams. John oh, Adams. I said Adams. I should have went with my first instinct. It's okay. You still got time to rebound. We got to get three out of five. We're 0 for 1. Question <laughs> number two. This is Luke Bryan on June 6, 1944. The Allied invasion of Normandy happened in Operation Overlord. This special day has been given a nickname. What day is this known as? I'm Luke Bryan. What day, hint, hint, is that known as, John? D-Day. D-Day is correct. All right. Good bounce back. We are one for one. We got to get two more. We got to get two of these next three here. Question number three. I'm Luke Bryan. (laughs) I sing country music. The bombing of Pearl Harbor in 1941 saw the United States enter what war? I'm Luke Bryan. What war are we talking about here, John? That would be WW2. That is correct. All right. Here we go. Now we're rolling. Now we've got momentum. We just got to get one of these last two here. Question number four. I'm Luke Bryan. Before there was a United States of America, there were colonies owned by Great Britain. How many colonies were there? I'm Luke Bryan, and I'm not wearing sleeves. I'm Luke Bryan. (laughs) How many colonies, John? Thirteen colonies. Yeah! Woo! I'm talking about baby all right you've got the tickets congratulations john stay on the line allison will take care of you and uh do not go anywhere we've got another hour to go it's the hammer and nigel show hammer and nigel you believe these characters are weirdos so let's rock my name is nigel jason hammer right over there the indiana attorney general his name is Todd Rakita. He's been on this show several times. Controversial figure, to say the least. Hammer. He's a guy that warrants a reaction one way or the other. 
What's going on with this education portal? So he's rolling out this plan where if you see any of the woke crap or the DEI crap or the critical race theory crap in your classroom, you can report it and it will go to a number of different authorities. And this is a way to where you don't have to feel uncomfortable doing it publicly, you can screenshot the materials, take photos of the materials, and upload them to this new portal that the Attorney General's office has created. He put out a video breaking down a little bit about this program. Here's the Attorney General. I both want what is best for our children. We want them to be safe, and we want them to get the best education possible. They should be learning subjects in school like reading and science and math and not being subjected to political indoctrination and efforts to diminish their families' roles in their lives. That's what we often find in today's lesson plans. Politicians, mainstream news media, and school administrators themselves have said that these lesson plans don't exist and that no one was brainwashing your children. So, to expose their radical agenda and empower parents, my office is launching Eyes on Education, an online platform for students and parents to submit and view real examples of indoctrination in classrooms across our state. This provides a forum through which concerned parents and guardians can share their experiences and observations about what's happening actually in Indiana schools. Yeah, I mean, that's there was that investigation last year, that undercover investigation of, it was like a Project Veritas-like undercover investigation where several school districts were caught undercover on tape saying, yeah, DEI, social uh, or critical race theory, this is, this is, we're not calling it that, but here's what we're doing instead, right? right? We're calling it something. Yeah, else. So for those of you who say it's not happening in schools, it totally is. And our friend Tony Kennett would vehemently disagree with you because he's got all the materials. That's why he's no longer working in education because right. he basically was the whistleblower on all this crap that these schools were trying to shove down the throats of the students. Here's a little bit more from Todd Rakita. And this doesn't just stop with K through 12 education. It also extends to materials used in colleges and universities. Now, why is my office working on education issues and exposing the indoctrination of children, you might ask? Well, it's simple, really. No one else is. The media refuses to cover it, and school leaders deny it's even happening. And children are our most precious asset, our most precious gift from God. So as I travel through Indiana all year and hear from Hoosiers about all their concerns, this indoctrination tops the list. These concerns are why our popular Parents' Bill of Rights document is now in its fourth volume. We've listened to your concerns, and with this tool, you'll be able to see materials being sent to us and take action with principals, school boards, lawmakers, and the governor. Visit www.in.gov slash attorney general to view and submit your own examples today. Okay. I'll take it. I mean, there's lots of parents out there that might see examples but are afraid to speak up. Right. For fear of um, retribution being canceled. Maybe even some teachers. There are two things in that soundbite, though, that are of interest to me. Number one, 
There's at least one media outlet who's talked about that, and it's this media outlet, WIBC, specifically the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, And and I know he's mainly talking about national media or television, but this radio station's been all over it, specifically this show. And number two, we're already seeing this happen. I was texting with uh, Tony Kennett last night a little bit. So when news of this portal broke out, all of the trolls, they realized that this was some sort of online submission portal. They're just flooding it with crap. Are they really? It's already being flooded with uh, the DEI folks, the folks that love critical race theory, even in other states, just sending ridiculous bullcrap through there just to make it busy work for whoever's on the other end. That's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with uh, when it comes to the education system. Uh, Earlier today, Joe Biden shuffled up there to the podium, looked at the camera, and mumbled for about a good 10, 15 minutes, Nige. Okay. He talked about how the immigration system in our country is broken. For much too long, as you all know, the immigration system has been broken. And it's long past time to fix it. Okay. Well, what are you waiting for? You're the president. <laughs> you could have fixed it day one. You, you broke it day one of your presidency. You look at what this old coot did the first 30 days, yeah. first 60 days, first 100 days of his presidency, it all had to do with overturning things Donald Trump did at the border that were working. Uh, also, Joe Biden today was talking about uh, what do we do with all of those folks that have already crossed over illegally. We still need a path for of documentation for those who are already here. Ah, okay. the, that's the idea. That's the whole idea. Is that saying the quiet part out loud? Mm, I know everybody's known it forever. It's I mean, not the quiet we, part. We, we need to get them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, get them work visas, get them out to work. Um, they're they're a pathway to legal citizenship for illegals that are already here. That's I mean, that's what this is. That's what this bill is. And it's all designed to get ballots in their hands. Well, for yeah, elections. ultimately, the grand big picture, sure. And this was my favorite part of Biden's little spiel today. He blamed Donald Trump for this bill probably dying in the what? Senate. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't even know it helps the, the, the country he's not for. <laughs> He'd rather weaponize this issue than actually solve it. So Trump's to blame for the Senate not even wanting to vote for this border bill. Donald I'm raising Trump. my hand because I have questions. Yes. Yes, Mr. Hammer? When did Donald Trump become a senator? <laughs> and my follow-up question, if I may, when did the Republicans get the majority in the Senate to where they could make all the rules here? This guy, oh, he's such a zero. Blame it all on the big evil orange man. That's the MO for the Democrats. It's all Trump all the time, no matter what, even if he's not in a position of power. They're blaming a Senate bill on Donald Trump. (laughs) I mean, come on. Uh, If you're looking for a reason to drink tonight, Nige, if all these stories are just a little too heavy for you and you're looking to uh, relax, you need a reason to drink tonight, 
Happy 58th birthday to Rick Astley. Oh, Rick yeah. Astley, uh, famous for the hits, Never Gonna Give You Up. Had some other hits, too. He's not a one-hit wonder. He's actually a pretty talented dude. But we're going to go down great moments in Rick Astley history oh, here. Let's do it. Um, this was a barbershop quartet performing Never Gonna Give You Up. I just want to tell you how I'm feeling, girl, I gotta make you I'm a sucker for a good barbershop quartet. I guess. Um, this might be more in your wheelhouse, Nige. Yes. This is when Rick Astley came on stage with the Foo Fighters oh, to perform the song. Yeah. Foo Fighters? Yeah, they brought him on yeah. stage for a show. Yeah, he's a drummer, too. That's a great segue, because somebody recorded Rick Astley uh, doing one of his shows somewhere, and as Encore, he does a lot of cover songs. Here he is on the drums, rocking out Highway to Hell. He's singing and playing the drums yeah. at the same time? That's talent right there. It is. Singing and playing the drums at the same time. And before we hit traffic with Matt Bear here, I think we need to have the remix featuring the Screaming Goat. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Yeah, I have a feeling where our, uh, what you're going to say here, Hammer. Heinz Ketchup has released an emotional support ketchup bottle. I'm sorry, a what? An emotional support ketchup bottle. The 14-ounce glass bottle. It's got a silicone cap, adjustable nylon straps, custom stickers on the bottle. A lot of people are saying this is like in response to the Stanley Cup craze. Okay. The emotional support ketchup bottle is available for a limited time on Amazon. Are you okay with this? So, we talked about this a little bit earlier when we did our TV hit on Wish TV. Yeah. Uh, We do a daily uh, TV hit on the program All Indiana. Set that up on your DVR if you haven't done that yet. But Nigel and I uh, do a segment every day. It's an abbreviated version of Is This Anything? And you're telling me that there's an adjustable nylon strap to hold your ketchup and you can carry it around with you? Yeah. Like, I mean, mainly. Gen Zers can't leave their house without their Stanley water bottle cups or whatever kind. They can't, they have a strap, there's stickers on them 
and they're called emotional support water bottles. So this is the same idea except with ketchup. So I'm going to tell you why I am okay with this okay. because I believe in the right to carry, whether that's a firearm or ketchup. We're talking about constitutional ketchup here, Nige. Right to carry ketchup, and who am I to deny somebody the power move of walking into your favorite restaurant and then having the waiter or waitress go, "Would you like some ketchup?" Opening up your jacket like you're Jim Lucas and say, "No, I've already got some." It's a total power move, and I'm here for it, and I'm okay with it. Oh, I need a, an emotional support sriracha bottle. Yes. You know, an emotional support Frank's hot sauce bottle. I'd carry that around with me everywhere I go. I'm all about that, man. I love some Frank's. Scientists are proposing launching a, quote, umbrella the size of Argentina, nine million miles from Earth, to block our planet from the sun's rays, and promised... It would reduce warming by 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit in two years. Are you okay with this? I don't know if this is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard, (laughs) or if this is so simple, it's brilliant. I'm not quite sure yet. So, what these scientists want to do to protect the Earth from some debris that may be floating around coming into the atmosphere, and also some of the sun's rays, they want to make this big badass, umbrella-like thing that's the size of Argentina floated up around the atmosphere and deflect some of the sun's rays and deflect some of the space junk that may be floating into our atmosphere. I think you go with your gut instinct. It's the stupidest thing you've ever heard. (laughs) But what if it's the most brilliant thing? Like This sounds like something a seven-year-old would come up with. What if you just had a big umbrella and it worked? And like all these NASA guys and all these SpaceX guys they're too smart to figure it out. I don't know. But you're right. I'm leaning toward this being really, really, really dumb. I don't know how you would launch that thing. I would love to see how it works. How do you get it up there? Is it something you build like the space station? But I'm fascinated by the whole process. Okay, this internet hack almost sounds like a prank, but somebody, some people say it actually works. This Some insta-influencer has a cure for constipation, Hammer. Is that a real problem with you and your... Healthy day-to-day lifestyle. I poop a lot, but last week before my weigh-in, I just couldn't. Oh, I couldn't yeah. pinch one off, man. And wow. I think it hurt my weigh-in. It did. So here is the cure. The next time that happens for you, it's to eat an entire orange, peel and all. This is my viral constipation hack that literally works in five minutes, and it works about ninety-five percent of the time. So if you're needing a little push, try this constipation hack and wait five minutes. And if you've tried this before, let me know how it went in the comments below. Hey, we're all human and do the same thing, but sometimes we need Mother Nature to literally help us along. It's cheap, effective, and works fast. All right, so if you're constipated, she's saying eat an orange peel and all. Are you okay with this? She said it works in five minutes. <laughs> like, that's better than White Castle and warm Budweiser. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to give this a shot. Like, I'm going to say that I'm okay with this because I haven't been able to prove her wrong, but I know what I'm doing tonight. Okay. I'm going to have the Pacers on TV. I'm going to have an orange in my hand. I'm going to have a beeline to the can. And we're going to see if this little experiment works or not. I'm actually kind of excited for it. One more here real quick. A Jersey police officer ended up finishing a delivery driver's food order after they had to arrest said food driver for a traffic warrant. The officer took the food to Snooky's house from Jersey Shore to fulfill the order. Wow. Here is uh, Officer Alex 
talking about performing the good deed. The resident came to the door. Once I handed the food over, you know, advised him there's, you know, an issue with the Uber driver, but it was being taken care of. And I wanted to make sure he received his merchandise that he ordered. He was definitely surprised, but he understood the situation and was very thankful of the kind act that we did. If we can take that extra step and just give him that sense of peace and, you know, dignity and respect, and we're always going to take that. Are you okay with this? No, because I feel like he missed an opportunity for a real punchline right there. He was talking about how, you know, like when he delivered the food, Snooky's husband was surprised, but he understood the situation. Oh. See, there should have been the CSI music right there, like the CSI scream. He missed an opportunity, (laughs) and I think that's a problem. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer over there with a special guest on the hotline. Jerry Lopez is a fill-in host here at 93 WIBC. But his best work is probably done on social media. You can find him at Indy Spanglish, uh, a hot take machine on social media. And Jerry, we'll start with uh, this border bill. All of a sudden, Mitch McConnell has seen the light. (laughs) He has seen the light. He now realizes is this thing is a turd. Yep. Uh, I'm just curious as to your thoughts on this whole process. So, I mean, we, first I want to, I just want to say, let's stop calling this thing a border bill. Like the border's in there, but it's not a border bill, right? Like to take to to take notice some of the funding that's in there. They gave the border twenty billion dollars, okay? But they're going to give Ukraine sixty billion. They're going to give Israel fourteen billion, ten billion to Gaza, four billion to the Indo Pacific, two point eight billion to the Red Sea conflict. This is to me, this is a fund everything else, and we'll throw in something for the border bill. This is not a border bill by any means. Right, and for McConnell to kind of do this one eighty when he was one of the guys that allegedly helped put this thing together. I don't know. Maybe this is tinfoil hat, Jerry. That tells me. He didn't read the damn bill. He just <laughs> caught did. all the backlash coming on the other side and thought, well, hell, I didn't like any of that. I mean, it, it sounds right, but but hear me out. What is the possibility that between when he uh, helped sign this bill on, on Sunday or came up with it, and today he was rebooted? Like, we've seen him just stop right. the conversation <laughs> and freeze. So maybe they just turned him off and turned it back on again and realized, like, oh, no, this is this is not good. And, and it's 370 pages. Right, you have three yeah. days to read that. Like, I, I just hate the way that they tried to sneak it in. And the left is pushing this border bill, border bill, border bill. And the purpose of that is so they can turn around and go, "We tried, and you didn't yes. do anything about it." That's the reality exactly. is, this isn't really about the border. This is about funding for everybody else. People need to know this now that it's going to get turned back around on the Republicans. The Republicans don't care about the border. They had a border bill all ready to go. They had it signed. It was a bipartisan bill. It's the Republicans that don't care. I, you know what? I, I, it's you're right. It's not a border bill. I want a border security bill. That's what needs to happen. Well, I, I don't understand how something like border security can't just be passed standalone. Right, right. like funding for Israel, like funding for Ukraine, like funding for uh, the border. It all needs to be standalone. Right, especially the border, though. The border, I think the left and the right can get together and come up with something right now. And the fact that they want to sneak in all this stuff tells me that maybe they're just not as serious as wanting to get it passed anyway. But this is going to be used as, you know, the immigration and and the the issues in this country right now are at the border. It's at the forefront of every every news media outlet, of everything. This is the, the left's chance to turn it around and say, well, we tried and it's on you guys now and that's that's just ridiculous people need to read into it 
But will people read into it? Like, of let's not get not. ourselves, man, because Joe Biden, say what you want. I know Rob calls it creative jelly bean counting, but scoreboard, Joe Biden won the election last time around against Donald Trump. And it Everything that people thought would happen has happened under his presidency. But I guarantee you, Jerry, there's a lot of people that are going to go back to the poll and just click his yeah. name again because orange man bad. Well, I wouldn't say that Joe, B- Joe Biden won the election. I'd say that big media won the election, right, with suppressing all the Hunter Biden laptop and yes. all these other things. The, the, the media won the election for him. And they know right now immigration's a big deal. And if you get on X or you get on anywhere, right now they're kind of coming at the Republicans going, well, it's your fault it's not getting done. So here's the media again. They're, they have to get it done for Joe because Joe can't do it himself. Jerry Lopez is a host here on 93 WIBC at Indy Spanglish on Twitter X. The response the United States um, waged against attacks in Iraq, uh, attacks in Syria in response to the three troops that were killed in Jordan and a drone strike coming out of Syria. That was breaking during our show, actually, on Friday, Jerry. And you're somebody that served in the military, counter uh, counterterrorism. What did you think of, of just your assessment of what you've seen so far from the Biden administration and the quote unquote response to those three soldiers being killed? Sure. I, I would say, I mean, when, when it comes to the to the, the strikes themselves, I would agree with it, right? So they said 85 targets over 30 minutes. That's great. But I think they fumbled the bag leading into that. You're never going to, you shouldn't tell your enemy that we're coming, we're coming. And they did it for days. They did it for days. So that, that gives your enemy a chance to move all, all of their command and, and control centers and everything out of the way, right? Um, so you said seven attacks, right? So three in Iraq, four in Syria. We made sure we told the Iraqi government beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, they knew okay. we were coming. They first, knew we were coming. Yeah, yeah the, the, it didn't matter. Yes, we hit something, but but we can't even verify what what was even done. Maybe structural damage, but the you know they they live in caves and live in tunnels. It's, it doesn't matter. They just build back again. And ultimately, Iran, who funded this whole thing, like I don't think any message was sent to them at all because the way this was handled and the delay and the pause and basically the warning that this was going to happen, Iran hasn't learned anything. And if given the opportunity, Jerry, I think they'll do the exact same thing again. They'll fund one of these proxy groups or do it themselves to kill or harm Americans. 100 percent. And and the reality is that we we haven't had to make Iran own this. Iran's been able to fight us by proxy using these groups. And until we actually go after Iran and take a hard line with them, and I'm not talking about embargo or anything like that, I'm talking about actual, you know, going and, and, and taking out these locations there, these, these things are just going to continue. Iran's not going to run out of money and they have enough people that are willing to do these things. Jerry Lopez is our guest. Indy Spanglish on social media. Uh, Let's bring it a little close to home here. Um, We all have rivals, it feels like, here at WIBC. You know, Rob goes at it with Todd Rakita. Tony goes at it with Andre Carson. I've got my issues with Boss Hogsett and Ryan Mears. (laughs) You have been going at it with the socialists on the city county council, Jesse Brown. And it looks like even though it took a little while, others are starting to take notice as well, Jerry. 
Well, I, I think that, you know, he's loud on social media and, and, and a self-described socialist communist. And he has been really going after this uh, Senator Aaron Freeman about the, the blue line bill, blue line, no turn on red, to the point where he's attacking him. He's threatening him. He's attacking businesses in the area. Remember Giacomo? They're, they wanted to shut down Giacomo, and they're really going after these small businesses because of that. And not only have we had enough, but now the Democratic Indianapolis City Council's had enough. All right. And, and the they, Democrats, and you're saying, have had enough. The Democrats have had enough. Yeah. So they were seriously considered booting him out of the caucus. Now, they had a closed door meeting last night, and he wasn't booted uh, from that. So he, he did li- live to see another day. But it's uh, it, it's crazy that, that even they have had enough. And I think they realize he's bad for business, right? Like, we can't have you because you're so fringe um, that they still have to work with, with the the state. Right. I mean, we're just talking about Indianapolis. Sure, it's the, it's the capital, but so many of the things that they want done at the state level, they have to work with Republicans on. Right. And they don't need they don't need this guy causing this chaos because it's really going to rally the Republican troops. And it just makes me wonder, like, who's the person that goes and votes for this guy? Like, we kind of had the same conversation about Joe Biden earlier, but uh, Zach Adamson wasn't left enough for this right. district here. And Zach Adamson was super left, but he wasn't left enough. And Jesse Brown won the election. He won the primary. It was an upset, but he won it fairly comfortably. Who's the person that decides, I want the socialist on the city county council? I want the guy that on his social media <laughs> says, we're going to go out and recruit the felons and the criminals and yeah. do things like that. Yeah, it's you know what he has a huge following. I don't know if it's huge, but his following his following's loud. They're very loud, and and honestly, they're, they're willing to stick beside him throughout all this. I don't think they really understand uh, the the political game as far as what it could cost the, him personally, or it could cost you know the, the Democratic City Council. Why is he so obsessed with the blue line? I don't really even get it. I don't know, it. but I mean, he's going at, he's going after we, them for the blue line, the no turn on reds, and and is personally attacking Senator Freeman. Uh, okay, Jerry Lopez here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Jerry, what did you think when you saw Nikki Haley guest spot on Saturday Night Live? I really think that kind of just tells me all I need to know about her. What did you think when you saw that? I could not agree more, Nigel. I am watching this and I'm going. When SNL is hosting a GOP presidential candidate, uh, candidate and they allow you to make fun of the other one, I should not be supporting you. There's a reason yeah. they want you, and they're okay with you being out there. And she's being trounced still in South Carolina. You know, she's down 30, uh, 32 to uh, 64%. So she's getting blasted. Her son now, Naylan Haley, uh, is, is on X, and people are going after him going, you should have stayed out of this. Um, and so you say son, he's an adult. On. We're not talking about some kid correct, here. This is correct. an no, adult. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's an adult. But people have always said that, you know, uh, the kids are off limits. And and uh, and President Trump and them have done a great job of protecting Barron from all of this. While, the, while his kids have been fair game, they're all adults, Barron's been, you know, kind of uh, hidden away. Well, here comes her son, Naylan Haley, you know, t- t- tweeting that we trolled you guys, we trolled you guys, and people are just going after him now. So I I think he'll regret that move, but yeah, I thought it was telling that she was on there and, and not to be made fun of, but but to be the person making fun. When kids, and I say that 
you know, I should say children of the candidates uh, are in play. If they choose to put themselves out there, then game on, right? Yep. If it's somebody like Barron that doesn't want any part of this, all right, keep them off to the side. But like Hunter Biden wants to play. Donald Trump Jr. wants to play. I tell yep. my son this too. He's 19. He's into politics. He's getting into all this kind of stuff. I tell him, the minute you decide to put yourself out there, well, yeah. you're fair game. And I think he understands that. But, but but you know what? Once the toothpaste is out, you can't put it back in, right? So right. there's always going to be people that are going after him, and 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 unfortunately or fortunately, this is what he asked for. One hundred percent. Where can we find you at again, my friend? Yep, always uh, on X at Indy Spanglish. Jerry Lopez. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Great job. Thanks, All Jerry. Right. Have a great day. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, I'm Nigel Hammer over there. IU basketball coming up after 6 o'clock. It's Ohio State. Are they on the road? Yes, they- in Columbus, Ohio here. If you remember, uh, IU beat Ohio yeah. State earlier this year. It was that Saturday where the Colts lost to the Texans in that make-or-break game. Yes. Nationally televised game, but IU won the last time. But IU, boy, they're struggling right now. What's the... What's the line here for this game? Earlier today, it was Buckeyes minus six. Okay. So Buckeyes are a six point favorite in that game. Haven't checked it lately, that but that's what it was earlier. Does that seem kind of low to you? Ohio State's not very good oh, either. Okay. Okay. They're struggling, but man, winning on the road is tough in the Big Ten. But we've got all the action. Fish coming up with the call. John Herrick with the pregame show. IU at Ohio State. Pregame starts at six. Uh, real quick, Nige, yes. 18 in Iowa made it. An Instagram a little video where he promised to eat a spoonful of peanut butter for every 50 followers. Over 100,000 followers later, <laughs> peanut butter eater 16 has been putting down a lot of jars of peanut butter. Here he is talking about the little experiment. All over the internet, they've been doing just certain things for so many followers, and I thought, well, peanut butter's pretty good. My first thought was that it was kind of funny, and then I started to be in awe at how fast his account was growing. I was expecting it kind of as a joke to get, you know, maybe a couple hundred, but and then once it got in the thousands it kept going, and I thought it was funny at first, and then once I realized how much peanut butter I had to eat, then it wasn't much of a joke anymore, and it was a lot of peanut butter. I've spent pretty close to $150 on peanut butter to support this venture for him. What's the point of this? What What is the point? This is not for charity? This is just for clicks? I have no idea uh, what okay. the point is, All Nigel. Right. Yeah. No idea. Something. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.